This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> this is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, man, I am sick and tired of talking about how mid these Boston Red Sox are. I mean, I don't know how many podcast titles we can put out there that describe them being mid. Uh, they are mid. They go on a road trip here and they win the first two games in Minnesota to extend their winning streak to six straight. Then they lose the next two to the Twins. And it's like, oh, man, we we predicted a split. I can't remember if everyone did, but I think most, I mean, Jake probably went sweet, but I think me and Tyler probably went split against the Twins. Uh, and then you go to play the Chicago White Sox. And you're like, all right, like, let's get back on the horse. Like, this team fucking sucks. They take the first game. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. Will Fleming is is tweeting like, hey, it's time to fucking get that ketchup rolling once again. I'm like, yeah, it is. I can smell the ketchup. I can taste the ketchup. I can feel the ketchup. They lose the middle game. And then they lose the finale. And I mean, I know that some idiots out there are being like, oh, look at Andrew Benintendi, Andrew Benintendi. Like, how could they let Andrew Benintendi? Oh, what? hand up. Idiots, idiots. Andrew Benintendi, who has a 98 OPS plus, fucking spare me on that. That guy is the definition of mediocre. And he's carving you up. He hasn't even been a league average hitter this year. One homer. He hit one homer. And it was in Seattle, what, a week ago? Like, spare me. Luis Robert, you want to friggin' torch me? Yeah, dude, you're, you're a superstar. Like, that's a guy who's going to run this league for ten, the next 10 years. Andrew fucking Benatendi, one of the worst offseason contracts handed out to anyone. If the Red Sox had given him five years, 75, Heim Bloom would, I don't know, he'd be in protective custody. People would have lost their mind that they were willing to give a guy like that Pe- money. People, you let him carve you up? Fans want to pick and choose. Like, I get people are upset, you know, like I... But you got to pick your battles, and I love Andrew <laughs> Benintendi. Uh, I'm in a in a in a small way. I'm like, you know what? Good for you for having a big series against the Red Sox because whether they were right or wrong, the Red Sox gave up on Andrew Benintendi. They did. They were like, you know what? It's it's not working out. And uh, after 2020, you know, you flip them to the Royals, and that turns into Franchi Cordero and Josh Winkowski, and who else was in that deal? Those two other guys. Uh, Luis De La Rosa was part of that deal. Freddie Valdez and uh, Grant Gramble okay, just so, came back from yeah, uh, Tommy so just John. Just Josh Winkowski. Or right. an injury, excuse me. He had a foot, foot problem. You got a half-decent reliever out of it. I mean, he fucking blew the middle game. Dude was just giving it up left and right. Uh, nice little reality check for him. But um, I think... Don't forget, you, you don't have Hunter Renfro that year if you choose to hold on to Andrew Benintendi either. Yeah. 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 I... I get, and, and I'm not even like I would say that the vast majority of Red Sox fans understood that move, and I, I don't think that uh, it's it's not 
the best comparison in the world, but when you compare like the Xander Bogarts contracts, like we all love Xander, but no one is going to give him 11 years, 280 million. Like no Red Sox fan is like, why didn't we match that? And then you look at what Andrew Benintendi got from the White Sox. And we had put out there that the Red Sox did make an offer to Benintendi, but I think it was in the neighborhood of three years and there's no way the money was, was comparable. Um, But then he goes to the White Sox for five years. No one, at the time, and still, really, no one was like, why didn't the Red Sox match that deal for Andrew Benatendi? Everyone was was excited or at least intrigued. We we maybe didn't know enough about Masataki Yoshida to be like, quote unquote, excited. Some people were excited. Some people were like, OK, yeah, like, let's see what this guy has. But that would have been the preferred choice over over Benatendi at that time. But yeah, Benny goes out there and has a fucking big series. Luis Robert just drops his pants and hangs his nuts over your forehead and uh, that was the difference. That was the difference in the series. The Red Sox offense, again, not doing dick. Uh, and even in the game that you won against Lucas Giolito, it was really one bad pitch. Like Devers got him on like a slider in to hit the two run home run. The first run that he allowed was like stolen base. And then he threw the fucking ball into center field. And that ends up being a run. But yeah, it was one bad pitch to to Devers. And that was the difference. It was one swing, got you one win in this series. And then the next two games, offense didn't do dick. And the White Sox made their the best of every opportunity that you gave them. Yeah, that, that's what it is. I think they struck out 17 times 17 in that times first game. They did. Yeah. Like, it, it was historical that you won a game where you struck out 17. And the reason you were kind of like, all right, things are moving. We talked about some of these games this year where you needed one swing from Devers, right? You just needed that one big swing. He gave it to you. You win it. Brian Bayo continues to be what Brian Bayo mm. is. Really the biggest bright spot on the Red Sox, but they beat themselves. And that's what this Red Sox team does. It's the same storyline. Like I got a bunch of tweets. I don't know if you did, Jared. Like after that first win on Friday night, like Jared and Tyler are so negative about the Red Sox. They keep calling the mid. This is what they are. Like, it, they, it, seriously, it's see, two did, steps forward, two steps back. Did you see like Steve's tweet? Uh, about the record, month by month, yeah, right? So Steve tweeted uh, the record for each month. April 15 and 13, May 13 and 13. So far in June, they're 12 and 12. If there's anyone, I didn't see those tweets. Um, but if you have an issue with us calling the Red Sox mid, you are an idiot. You're dumb. Like they're, just what they're they the are. definition of mid. Like you, you can break it down for the whole year. They're a game over 500. That's mid month over month. They're mid. It's it's pain. And that's why I say they're painfully mid because they're any way that you chop it up. Like, let, let me look at the, the home and road, because I think that, that that's also in the same. It's not like they like suck on the road, but they're dominant at home. And like, that's been the balance. Uh, the Red Sox are 19 and 12, 21 on the road and they're 21 and 18 at home. Like they're mid no matter where they play, when they play, how they play, where they, anything it's, uh, they're not good. They're bad. They're, they're not bad. They're just kind of there. And I, I know that kind of like the sentiment all along, because I, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm not really frustrated. I'm not like depressed. Of course, we're we're not pumped up. We're not excited. Like there's gonna be no positivity horn, unfortunately. Uh, but it's kind of just like this is what we expected, and now we're just getting it. Like there's it. there's no surprise. I think if we expect, I think we, most of us expected them to be kind of like in that 85 win range, like slightly above average. Um, and and once we get to the end of the line, we'll figure out if that's a playoff spot or not. Uh, but the reality is, are you going to be going through a good stretch that last week of the season? Or are you going to be going through a bad stretch? That's it. 
and where's the health, right? Like that's the scarier part about all of this. We're seeing the injuries start to, you know, pop up and pop up. And it's like, where are they going to go? You know, James Paxson and game two goes down. It's like, oh, well, here are the Red Sox are. They already have an opener. Well, like, Bradford, you, 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 Bradford said that he talked to Pat. So he Paxton said after his start, I still expect to make my next start. And then again today, I mean, obviously, you, you probably have a better feel for it the next day. And he reiterated, like, I'll probably still make my next start. So I think they, do- they knock on wood. They may have dodged a bullet there. And if I were the Red Sox, apparently Paxton said this is something he's dealt with in the past. If I'm the Red Sox and there's even a slight worry, he shouldn't be starting. And it's not because you do need him out there. Don't ruin your trade chip. He is your biggest trade chip going into this trade deadline. If he you know, re-injures this and misses a month, you are taking significant value from that piece away. So not only protecting him, because if you think this team's going to go anywhere, he needs to be that guy. He needs to be him and Bayo at the top of that rotation. Otherwise, and if we're just being realistic, you need to get something significant for him. You have to. You cannot throw that away. And yeah, if it's another week where you have to throw it together and pray and you know, you're pulling depth from here and here, that is what it is. Do not risk him going down long term because that would hurt you in so many different ways right now. Yeah, there's because right now you're you're in such a tough spot because you've got injuries. You're not good. You're not bad, but you're not out of it either. So on the subject of Paxton, let's say let's say that knees barking at him uh, the day before his start to Tyler's point. Maybe you just take the ball out of his hand. If he tells you I can go, you kind of have to sit there and say, well, maybe we don't want you to go. Because as of right now, the Red Sox are three games back of a wild card spot. So it, it almost dangerously mirrors where you were last year at the trade deadline. Like you're two games back of a wild card spot. And you may sit there and and say that sentence out loud and say, well, Let's just say because they were two games back last year. They're three games back right now. Let's just say by the trade deadline, you're two games back. Do you have what it takes to get that spot? Like, do you have what it takes to overcome that two game deficit and and leapfrog? Because it's not going to be just one team in front of you. Like you're you're dealing with uh, uh, some other teams that that might be ahead of you right now. It is uh, the Houston Astros. You're two back of the Angels. You're two and a half back of. Uh, and then you've got a leapfrog, the Blue Jays, and then you've got the Yankees in the mix. Like there's there's teams that are ahead of you, even though you can say out loud, yeah, we're three games back, whatever. Um, so that's the spot that they find themselves in. And that's why, I mean, Alex Cora after the game was was doing his press conference. I, I think he's tired of answering the same fucking questions all over and over again. Like how like we we make fun of it, or not make fun of it, but like we always like point it out when when he's done answering questions it's like, we good we good and he jumped like three questions before today he there were like five we goods before he finally got out of there uh yeah he he just was not having it today and i would be and, and i don't know how you felt about this play in particular because it didn't end up making a difference the 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 casas play at the end of Saturday's game, people were pinning the loss on Casas there. And then today, uh, the what was it? The Benintendi triple that drove in a run, triple down yep. the right field line, throw comes into Casas, and he holds it. He looks, or no, he threw to third. Benintendi was, was safe. But if Casas is looking to right field, receives the baseball, and immediately goes home, that, that run is cut down. 
again, that that uh, run I, didn't make a difference. I still think if 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 Casas makes the decision to go home before the baseball gets to him, you're probably looking at an out at the plate. I think it maybe. I think it it's a maybe. Matter, but Cora though. made the point after the game. He's like, I'm not mad at him for that. I'm mad for him throwing to second, for throwing behind Benintendi when he's going to third. What is your reasoning for that? That's where you kind of need to be paying attention a little bit more. But, you know, going home, Cora said it best. He, they missed the first cutoff, man. You put Casas in that in-between spot. You hit the first cutoff, man. You're going to get him. Then you're in a good spot. That's just once again. And we've seen from these outfielders, all of them at times, they don't know where the cutoff man is or they're overthrowing them trying to be a superhero. This is the land you live in. You know, you talk game two, ball explodes on him. There's a reason it was switched from an error to a hit. Uh, Cora said after the game, he should have made that play. You know, he would hope it did take a bad hop. Casas said the same thing. What do you expect them to say? Like, Casas is going to say that one way or the other. Sure, in a perfect world, I, he should make that play. But when you're talking about a guy in his first full big league season, guess what? Those are the growing pains you're going to go through. And what's the reality? You're only in that game because he hit a two-run homer in the first place. The guy who has been your best bat this month, you know, entered today with an 880 OPS in the month of June. Um, but there's so many people, you know, waiting and jumping and hoping to laugh at him and be like, oh, look, he sucks. He fails. Spare me on it. Like, there's growing pains with these younger guys. The cutoff stuff, I was happy Cora kind of stepped in and was like, yeah, it's more about the Benintendi side of things where he should be going to third and not second. Going home, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a close play on a perfect throw and you get it. You got caught in between because in the first place, you didn't hit your cutoff, man. Mm. Mm -hmm. It it just it boils my blood like the people celebrating like, oh, there's Tristan Casas. And then he's not in the lineup to start today. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, come on, man. I understand like a hard lefty. You tell me one of the best lefties in the game, Clayton Kershaw is out there. Sure. Yeah, that that scares me. Right. Sit Casas down. Give him a breather. Tanner fucking Banks. What is Bobby Dahlbeck giving me there? Are you just hoping he hits a homer so he's worth something so you can trade him? Is that it? Why is Bobby Dahlbeck playing? Because I know he can't play a good first base, and I know he can't hit in the big leagues. Wow. Am I wrong? Yes. About what? Everything that you just said. If you'd like to break it down. But that, like that's the thing that frustrates me here. It's like, it frustrates can we be... Me? FR, you heard it. Um, I didn't hear it. But the young guys like Casas should be out there, dude. We're talking about a team going through offensive struggles, like get him out there. And he didn't have a great day. I'm, I'm not going to act like he did, but he's been one of your most consistent producers this month. Like what, what is you have had no faith in Bobby Delbeck to come up here since everything earlier in the year. I don't like now we're going to give him this start for what? I don't I mean, like I'm not trying to take playing time away from Tristan Casas. No, he should be out there. As many days as he can be because he needs to learn and he needs to get more reps and more games under his belt. It's about next year. Don't everything you have done, all your actions have pointed to next year. Mm. Don't start playing this game with me. Well, if, if we open the show talking about the trade deadline, don't you think if Bobby's tearing it up down in AAA that it makes sense to get him a look up here? I don't think it's going to change much because I think the minute he comes up here, he's going to derail his value again. I'm about putting the best lineup out there when you needed to take two out of three today. And the best lineup had Tristan Casas in it. It'd be one thing if I thought Delbic was going to do much at the big league level. What? The Red Sox don't believe him. Believe in him. They've had no reason to call him up with all the injuries and the depth things that have had going on. Mm. Give me Tristan Casas out there. And like, I feel a similar way like Jaron Duran. Scott, he's looked a lot better this the last couple weeks or so. Like, I understand it's a little more crowded out there. You know, we're not talking Bobby Delbic, who's a quadruple A player. You know, we're talking Adam Duvall and, you know, Nova Dugo, but, you know, you have Yoshida out there. You're trying to balance everything out. 
I want to see Casas and I want to see Duran. Those are the most exciting things for this team and the best thing for them moving forward. Need them out there as much as I possibly can. Mm. Well, I will say this. I hit my parlay on Friday again. That's one win. Yeah, I'll take it. It's a big win for me. Been hitting a lot of those recently. Baseball fans, you could be winning every inning with the hottest offers in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered from the top of the first to the bottom of the ninth all season long. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place your parlay by combining three or more bets from the same game. Or you can just take mine on Fridays. Uh, every additional leg gets you an extra boost up to 100%. Step up to the plate right now with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hope and Why or text Hope and Why in Kansas. Call 1 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt in and 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Jake, how are you feeling about your Boston Red Sox right now? Yeah, it's like it's not even frustrating anymore. You just expect it. Like I can't even get excited about six game winning streaks because I know they're about to probably lose the last two games of the series and then lose two out of three to the White Sox. So <laughs> it's just. Uh, yeah, it's tough when you just expect mid like this at this point. Yeah, like I got I got this tweet during the game today. I don't know if you saw this, but I'm tweeting about the Red Sox as I always do, as I have tweeted every single game uh, since 2009, since the birth of Twitter. And this dude tweets me and says, Carabas pretends to still be a Red Sox fan. LOL, he's pretty convincing. Pretending to be a Red Sox fan. I mean, we're fighting. We're fighting for our, we're, we're battling here every day. We're still showing up. If if uh, if you're watching 162 games of this fucking goddamn team, no one can tell you that you're not a fan. No one can tell you. I watched all 60 games in 2020. I haven't missed a Red Sox baseball game probably since I was in middle school, like because I was outside playing with my friends. Uh, I wasn't even alive. <laughs> yeah, like it's it is. Uh, like I don't know what people want because like I'll even have like Red Sox fans being like we want the old Carabas back like we want the fucking we want the rocket that's talking sh- talking shit about what what the fuck am I talking shit about they're 500 
They've been 500 all year. Like even like the 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 six game winning streak was to get back to 500. It wasn't even like, oh, like now we go. Go where? Back to 500. That's where you're fucking going. And then you're just going to hover around there again. So I, I, again, like I, I know that uh, <clears throat> people expect a certain brand. People are like, oh, man, like, you know, ever since Jared went to DraftKings, he's not the same. Bro, the Red Sox haven't, they've been fucking 500. They've been in last place. Like, that's the correlation. It's not the employer. It's the fucking team. It's the brand of baseball that we have to sit here and watch every single night. Like, what do you want from me? How much of a clown would I look like if I'm fucking talking shit about, because I don't fake it. Like, it. If if I'm talking shit, yes, like in my normal day-to-day life, I'm pretty quiet. I'll just sit there. I don't speak unless spoken to. But if I'm talking shit about the Red Sox, yeah, I'll turn my personality up a lot. But I mean what I say. I don't believe in this team. Like it it has to come from some place of authenticity. I don't believe like in 2018, right? The Red Sox got off to whatever it was, a 17 and 3 start. The Yankees caught them in May or whatever it was, like early May. They caught them even after a historic start to the season. But I was still talking my shit because I believed in that team. Like I believed in it. I was like, yeah, like, all right, fine. You caught us, but we're still going to fucking win the division. We're probably going to win the World Series. Fuck you. We have the best team. Like I can say all that. Do I think the Red Sox are going to go on some fucking 20 and five run and win the division or comfortably be in a playoff spot? And like, oh, like look at what the rotation that we have lined up for the playoffs. And at least we have the best offense in, in the league and all that. Like, I don't feel that way. I don't know how you expect me to react or talk about this team in particular when you're watching the games, right? Like, if you're listening to this podcast, there's no way that the Red Sox have played the way that they've played. And then you're consuming even more Red Sox content on top of that. And you don't need me to tell you that this brand of baseball is fucking boring and it's painful to watch and there, there's nothing exciting or fun about it. Like I, I have, it, let's just, you know what, for the sake of positivity, Tyler, let's just take a, let's take five minutes to point out some of the things that we've liked about watching this team. It's been fun watching Masataki Yoshida prove a lot of the fucking executives that said it was a, a bust contract. That has been fun to watch. It's been fun to have him shove that up their asses. Shout out to Ross Atkins getting exposed, by yeah. the way, uh, as we all know now. But yeah, it's the Masataki Yoshida's. We're going to talk about Brian Bayo. He's the biggest bright spot. We're watching a guy who's going to be a top of the rotation pitcher, you know, for the foreseeable future. The first true homegrown talent since Clay Buckholds. Like, that's what you get excited about. A guy who, what, now in his last 10 starts, it's a 245 ERA, 356 FIP. Like, that's what you dream about. I think JP Long had the stat and it was five pitchers. That before the age of 25 have had that, that those kind of numbers over 10 starts. It's Bayo, it's Lester, it's Eck, it's Clemens, and Seeley. Like, that's the class you're talking about here. If he ends up amongst those names, you know, this Red Sox team has a very bright future. And that's something you can cling to. Sure. A guy who added a cutter. Like, he cares so much he's adding new pitches and just bringing him in. That's stuff you dream on. That's a real positive that you can cling to every night. And Cora got excited, too, when someone asked him about that. Like, uh, after Bayo's start. I don't know who it was. Someone someone asked about, hey, did I see Bale like throwing a cutter out there tonight? And he was like, yeah, 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 you did. So, yeah, like Bayo becoming who he thought he was going to be. And still, even at this point, 
I don't think that he's even close to reaching his full potential and he's already a frontline guy. I, I, I'm not going to uh, sit here like, what? all right, so let me ask you, would you call Brian Bayo an ace right now? Uh, in the grand scheme of things in the big leagues, no. Is he the Red Sox ace? Yes. Um, and I'd put it there. I think there's I, so a very. I don't think that every team has an ace. I don't. I think, agree. Like you can't just because you're the number one guy doesn't make you an ace. Like I have upgraded Bayo to because I mean at the beginning of the season, like there were some publications that didn't even have Bayo in the rotation. Like they were just talking <laughs> about the Red Sox as if Bayo didn't exist, which was wild. That like the Yankees quite a bit. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, but. I think when we were talking about the rotation at the start of the year, it's like, all right, Bayo factors to be in somewhere around three, four. Like, that's pretty good. And now, comfortably, uh, you could say he's their number one. So I, I've upgraded Bayo to a frontline starter. Yep. Like, that's, that's accurate. He's a frontline starter. But I think the difference between Bayo being a frontline starter and an ace, that comes with the strikeouts. Like, he's, he's, he's probably like eight and change right now for strikeouts per nine. Yeah, okay. So if he gets to that nine, ten strikeouts per nine region, we're talking ace. Talking ace material. So that's not me criticizing Bayo. That is actually like I'm trying to be positive here, where there's still room for him to grow. Like there is still like he has not touched his ceiling. Of course not. He hasn't even been a full year in the big leagues. The fact that we've gotten this kind of production from Brian Bayo this quickly, uh, since his call up. That I mean, that's a, that type of stuff. Like, appreciate this because that type of stuff doesn't happen to the Red Sox. Like, as someone that has been watching Boston Red Sox baseball for for many many years now, uh, I, I can't remember since maybe John Lester, a guy that has been highly touted, came up and became that guy from a pitching perspective uh, to to live up to the hype. And he's living up to the hype, but I also think that he has the potential to be much much better than this. So that's exciting. And I think the Red Sox realize that, too. And that's where, you, you know, some people get annoyed with it. Like I saw a couple being like people being like, oh, well, you know, you keep saying Brian Bayo, like evaluators had him at as a number two or whatever it is. Well, that's the 356 fit, right? We see the mid two or the mid two is ERA right now. The command, the command needs to get a little bit better. That was the main thing. Apparently, they were working on in between bullpen sessions. Core was saying like he needs to start hitting his spots a little bit more and just we'll see the consistency. What sticks out to me and when you become a frontline pitcher is when I can see you and you don't have your best stuff. You know, Brian Bayo struck out five against the White Sox there. I think we'd all say it wasn't his finest stuff that night. The velo across the board was down about a tick. And it was one of the few times this season he started on regular rest. So maybe that factors in a bit here. But when I start to look at a pitcher and I say, all right, that's a guy who can be at a front of, you know, any rotation. You consistently, no matter what, I'm getting six innings, seven innings out of you. If you can go out and give me that length in today's game where so few pitchers can give you that length. And that's why Cora keeps pushing him. That's why Cora says, hey, keep going. I Even, you know, this White Sox start, it should have been seven innings. David Hamilton makes the error and he has to end up working for an extra out. But there was a moment in that start and Cora said, Bayo looked up to the scoreboard and he saw Giolito's pitch count and he got all upset. He's like, fuck, like, I, I'm not going to go deep into this. That mindset right there, I fall in love with that shit because there's so few pitchers in baseball that are thinking like that. And that's where I think maybe some of the strikeout stuff I don't think as much about with him. And people tweet me his savant page and they're like, well, it doesn't it's not all reds. Like, what does that mean? Bayo is more old school than he is new school. 
Like that's part of it. He works for ground balls. He said it himself. He's like, I don't care about strikeouts. Mm-hmm. I want to keep the ball on the ground and leave it up to my defense. And that's why you get, you know, plays like Devers made the other night. That was incredible. Um, but that that's the stuff you're kind of banking on here with him. It's a little bit different of a profile, more of an old school profile, but it's it's all coming together and he's going to get better with every single start out there. I think one of the biggest questions remaining is what the body holds up. What are we looking at in September? Mm-hmm. And maybe this year isn't even a great inclination of that because it's its first full year in the big leagues. It's just what does the smaller body frame, what can it handle? Jake, what is uh, what's something that you've enjoyed about watching this season so far? Uh, I've enjoyed watching Jaron Duran sort of develop into a mm. almost everyday player after like obviously a nightmare season last year. But having him come back, I think he's hitting like almost 300 at this point. He's fast as fuck on the bases. He's really cool to watch. He is a he's a game changer. He's a difference maker. His uh, his style of play. It, it does in a way remind me of Jacoby Ellsbury. Like. When he's on the bases, it just it's different. Like he has the ability to put pressure on the pitcher, on the catcher, on the defense. You know that that guy's on the bases. You don't have time to uh, to you know mess around, and that has been a nice addition. The fact that he had, I mean, we knew he had that speed, but speed means nothing if you're not on the bases. He has been on the bases plenty this year. Um, it. I'll add to that three stolen bases in one game. I don't know if it's a little bit of, uh, you know, in the second game, if he's like, oh, David Hamilton's here. Mm -hmm. But like, that's the gap between those kind of guys. Like Duran talks about it. Hamilton glides. Ellsbury glided. Duran is like, it it is. I think they called it like a lizard running on water. There was someone in the Mm -hmm. minors who said that's how they compared Duran. And that's where it is. But he's learning what it's like to steal bags in the big leagues. And that was something he didn't have those first two years. Now I watch him. I'm like, he's getting confident. He's willing to kind of push the envelope when they need that moment. And I think that's what you cling to with the improved defense. I need him out there as much as humanly possible. I need to know if he's the center, the center fielder for the next, you know, three or four years, because that's a serious, you know, question mark you need figured out going into the offseason, because if it's not, then you have to go do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh. That's called being positive when it's really hard to be positive. That's a great segment. Um, good job, everybody. Thank you. It's really, it's really difficult to be positive after losing a series to the Chicago White Sox. One of the things that was, was going around on Red Sox Twitter today was a guy like Luis Robert goes off, hits a bunch of homers, and immediately, we got to trade for this guy. Well, it's like, <laughs> do you really? Th- I mean, like... I look at Luke, uh, Lucas Giolito and say, all right, yeah, like that's a guy that I would trade for, but he's also going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Like you're not trading, you're not giving up assets for a guy like Giolito when you're not going for it this year. Why not just keep your assets, spend them on something else, and then just give Giolito the bag in the offseason? Fine. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to have Giolito here. Um, but like Robert's the type of guy that you you build around. Like the the White Sox have plenty of movable pieces that'll fetch them nice little returns and uh robert should be the the will smith meme from fresh prince where he's just standing in the empty room looking around like i like that's the one guy that i'm just like listen i know this is gonna suck um but we're gonna blow it up and you are a part of this core and also the next core that we're trying to build he's young enough like i just don't if i'm the white Sox, i'm not even entertaining the thought 
hell no way dude like first off they came out and said like anyone who's an expiring deal we're gonna talk if they have multiple years here no we're not you know why because their farm system was ranked 28th coming into this year that you want to talk about being in hell and you know they suck but their farm system sucks on top of it it's the double negative for them it's not going to get better uh they're looking at a very long stretch of bad baseball in chicago and it's because they had a window and they absolutely missed it multiple times uh due to you know bad managerial hires injuries players not performing if people realize what it would cost to get luis robert like marcel meyer oh i i enjoyed our time together adios nick york oh it was a fucking blast <laughs> uh miguel blaze see ya roman anthony you hit your fourth home run at high a peace out like you're giving a super super package away that's not what you're going to be able to play for uh, you're looking for that younger arm you know i keep bringing the comp up it's like a joe kelly some arm that you like and now obviously joe kelly ended up being a reliever here but if you see someone and you can work out the right deal to get a controllable starter cool or or a position player however it fits that's what the red Sox need to be looking for you can make yourself a little bit better by getting a piece long term like that but overall expiring deals man like this outfield can't be crowded like this you need duran playing every day like it's just not going to work that's where you got to figure this whole situation out for yourself i could see joe kelly coming back here now that's a much different tune than you had uh when we had this conversation what was it a year ago maybe Mm -hmm. but maybe the tune has changed a little bit what if it's not my tune Oh, is it someone else's tune? What happened to Bullet? <laughs> he died. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. <clears throat> Joe Kelly's the kind of guy, like, you you know, if it ends up being over the offseason, I, I don't know if it's the kind of trade deadline move they look at, but I, I like Joe Kelly. Like, Joe Kelly's put together a pretty solid year this year. Yeah. You know, I guess we'll see. When you trade one of those relievers at the back end of the bullpen, someone's going to have to get replaced. Mm-hmm. Pick your poison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have an issue with. I don't want to say it. Uh Oh, I don't want to say it. Who is it? Is it with someone on this podcast? No, 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 someone, no. It's a player. On, oh, someone on the Red Sox. It, it's almost some would say it's an issue with myself. You have an issue with uh, maybe someone that has issues with other people. Some would say that <laughs> some some people would float that kind of concept. Interesting. Uh, um, yeah, we, we we have a little bit of a Josh Winkowski problem. Yeah, we do. Uh, it, yeah. It's a it's, we can't run from it uh, at this point. And listen, this is not erasing what he did that first month of the season, and really first month and a half, he can't miss bats anymore. We're back to what we were a year ago, where the swings and misses and the strikeouts they've fallen through the floor. You go back to May first, five point four K per nine. Like he is not beating anyone in that sense. And it's 6.3 for the year currently. I didn't love Korg pushing him for a second inning, but I understood where the bullpen was. Like Berger takes you deep. Robert takes you deep. Vaughn takes you deep. But he's not fooling anyone. And there was no strikeouts in that outing either. If I'm the Red Sox and you look at the FIP right now, it's 451. Like that will tell you all you need to know. It's great that the ERA is still at 284. He can't be put in a lot of high leverage spots. And I don't know if they need to go and say, we're going to stop with the multi innings for him for a bit. We're going to kind of just say, go out for one inning and go back to maxing out yourself as much as you can. But Nick Pavetta needs to be ahead of him on the, you know, we're talking the bullpen rankings, who you trust. Pavetta needs to be that guy. Uh, I'm looking at some velo numbers here. Uh, huh? uh, I guess it's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not been a huge dip. Um, 
like the average velocity on the sinker has been about 95 96 um i i think it's more like in my opinion it's like just less exposure like try to get him into those one inning bursts and build it back up again because i think trying to get two out of three out of him it's created some habits maybe where he's like it feels just closer to starter winkowski and and that's not what's going to work for this team no no and then there's like some of these some of these outings like he's he's not throwing a four seam at all so he's going out there with uh Forcing sinker change, slider, cutter, and then some. Some outings like he went like uh, almost a month without throwing a changeup. Crazy, right? Like, and that's the stuff that kind of scares me. Like, we're talking about a guy who the one thing you could go and say was he wasn't going to give up homers. I think he had one like in his first forty-two innings this year, and now he gives up three in one outing. I don't know. And and there were stretches where we saw the Red Sox were really serious about staying away from him and how hard they were working him. I wonder if that's a little bit of it too. Like he has 44 innings out of the bullpen and it's June. Mm. Like that's a, that's a heavy ass workload. We're talking about a guy who's going to throw 90 innings out of the bullpen this year. You know, if he kept pace and doesn't get hurt, they need to reel it back in with him a little bit. I think he's overworked. And I think he just, the league has adjusted to him in some ways. He needs to make the adjustment back. Yeah. I just, yeah. The numbers don't lie. I I think the first thing you want to look at when a guy is, um, is struggling like that is the velocity. Velocity seems good. Then you want to start looking at location. Like you want to start looking at where was he getting swings and misses before? And where is the, uh, where's the hot zone now in terms of where he's pitching guys and are guys still swinging and missing at those pitches? That's kind of what I'm looking at with Winkowski. I think if you look at Winkowski here, and excuse me, I'm I'm working up with a little bit of a crazy setup here with the iPad. Um, I'm pulling numbers up. I don't. I'm not as quick as I usually am. Mm-hmm. But if you go back just to June 1st, I believe on Winkowski, a guy who you know we complimented his control. We thought that was one of the better things. This month, it's a 4.2 walk per nine. Four point, like, dude, you can't strike out five and walk four. I think that's where maybe you're not seeing the velocity difference. The command isn't there. Mm. And maybe that's because guys aren't swinging and falling for the stuff on the corners or whatever it may be. He needs to be almost perfect command wise to succeed. And that's not him right now. That would make sense. Which again, goes back to the chase rate stuff and where he was getting the swings and misses. Like what part of the zone or out of the zone was he getting the swings and misses? And how does that look different compared to now? Like are guys just like, Hey, you know, in this count, like you're probably going to get like a slider away or it's going to be a change up off, like just spit on it and wait for the heater or the sinker or whatever he's got going. Um, maybe there's some of that going on to your point about just having a better feel for what his plan is against righties or lefty. I mean, because they've got him out there against both. Like, it's not like he's just only um, going out there for favorable matchups. But yeah, he got taken deep, what, three times on Saturday? Three times. Three times. Once in the fifth and twice in the sixth. Three times. And, and that's not me telling you, like, I don't think Josh Winkowski could be a really good reliever. I, I still think there's a really good reliever in there. It's just the adjustments need to be made. And the sad thing is where this pitching staff is right now, they're so desperate that they need his innings, especially when, you know, Paxson comes out after four innings. Core doesn't have much of a choice. It's just scary because how are you going to keep piecing this thing together when you know one out of every five days you have an opener and, a you know, opener situation you're trying to survive yeah yeah this roster is uh <clears throat> leaves a lot to your desired 
it, it's tough, right? Like, and I see some people now they're like, well, look at where this roster is and everything. Yeah. Some things have been bad luck. Some things are just injuries, but for a while, the depth held you up. It's just, you say they're one or two injuries away right now. Like, I feel like you're sitting there and like, I'm holding my breath. You're one bad injury away where this starts to really fall on top of you. Oh. Shane Drohan today comes out with a calf issue um, and it looks like it's nothing serious, but like that guy is probably your best starting option sitting in the minors right now at AAA and he just got to AAA. Like people are panicking when he's getting hurt. You're like, shit, man. Like, this is how thin we are. Yeah. Well, think about it. Uh, I don't have the date in front of me, but I would venture to guess that if you looked up the Red Sox record since they lost Chris Sale, it's it's probably a lot better than what you would have guessed it to be at the time of the injury. Um, I, I think you know it's you you look at the the season as a whole, five hundred team month by month, five hundred team, and how many times have we heard Cora say the roster is the roster? Well, you lost Duvall early, who was the best player in baseball at the time. And you were able to tread water and still be a 500 team. Uh, then you lose Chris Sale. And like that wasn't something that sunk the ship because now Bayo has emerged and Paxton has been much better than you thought he was going to be. Uh, which kind of just goes back to the whole point of Duran, where one guy goes down and someone else unpredictably has stepped up and, and replaced that, that player's performance. So... I don't know what the injury would be that would break the camel's back because even if it's like, all right, who's the best player on the team? Rafael Devers. Like if Rafael Devers goes down, it's like, yeah, like you lose his presence in the lineup, but is he having his, he's having his worst season ever. Like who's at this point, who's the one guy that if you lose him, you're like, we are fucked. Brian Bayo. Yeah. And I throw Paxson, but it's either of those guys because the rotation can't take another hit. No. Where, where I want to give credit to Heim, like the depth has held through so many injuries already. Like they have held, but at some point you got to realize like this was an 85, maybe, you know, 81 to 85 win team. There is only so many injuries they can take. And a lot of people be like, well, you could have predicted these injuries. Sure. I, I, you're not going to see me disagree with that. Chris Sale going down. I'm not going to fight you. You know, Trevor Story going down during the offseason. I think that's more of a freak thing. Duvall, all right, like that that's a bad luck kind of spot for you. But, you know, you chain going down. Pablo Reyes, like how many guys have come in and stepped up for you to hold it? Like now you're like, all right, well, we got Caleb Hamilton behind the plate and it's him and Connor Wong like trying to piece it together there. The bullpen, like you lost John Schreiber. You predicted John Schreiber going down. No, it's just eventually you realize there was just almost only so many bullets this team can take. Credit to them for taking as many as they have, but they can't take many more. Taking what? Uh, why did I do that? What happened to Bullet? <laughs> he died. Yeah. Sad. Jake, um, you have any blue moons this weekend? Yeah, I had a few. Yeah. What, Saturday? Friday? Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. I'm sad you didn't ask me. Well, I mean, I figured you're down the Cape, right? My fridge is full of blue moons right now. Yeah. I mean, that's just an obvious question. Like Jake's I've home, had, Jake's uh, been working. Like you're just vacation city right now. Oh, I'm, I'm fucked up. I'm completely destroyed. What are you, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we are going down to uh, P-Town. We're going to, we have a couple of things we're going to go do there. We're going to ride some bicycles around, uh, depend on the weather. You know, if it plays the way it needs to, we're going to go out to a couple nice restaurants for lunch you're and dinner. you going to ride a bicycle? Yeah, I can, I'm a, I, dude, BMX. <laughs> You ever BMX, bro? You got a you got a BMX bike? 
back when I was uh, in my younger days, like 11 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. my mom owned a tanning salon, as I mentioned, and I hung around with the Bridgewater neighborhood kids and they were very into BMX. And I went off a couple ramps. You did. I got hurt a couple times, mm-hmm. but I, little ramps. I'm not talking about some, you know, X game shit, but I took my little Walmart mongoose and, you know, I, I'd fucking I could rip it a little bit. There's always something that like Tyler says every show. Where I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, dude, like Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's like, yeah, dude, I, I. <laughs> I go on like a little BMX, like I'm doing like the X Games shit. Like, do you think Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, who tried to assassinate himself with a paintball gun, also in his spare time is doing X Games? I, I was just a kid who wasn't scared. And like, I remember I was in Bridgewater and I was with a couple of the kids I hung around with and they were much better at riding bikes than me. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Mm-hmm. I was in the back of uh, a plaza in Bridgewater. It's near the railroad tracks. It's where Roach Brothers GameStop is. If you're from the area, there was a hill that led from like the back into the plaza. Dude, I don't know what I did. Like, I went as fast as I could down, ate shit. And there was a cop sitting there. Now I laid there for a second. Like, you know, when you don't know if something's broken. So you're just like, I don't want to cry. <laughs> but if I sit here for a minute, I probably won't let a tear out. The cop came over and asked if I was okay. And I asked, yeah, I'm good. Cool. It's my like knees gushing blood. Mm. And he offered to give me a ride home. But I, I decided not to take it out of pride. Okay, so you're riding bikes tomorrow. Yeah. So you won't be able to come see me throw out the first pitch for the Born Braves. I don't think so. It's too bad. Are you nervous? No. You saw Zoe throw out the first pitch at the Woo Sox game? No, I did not. You missed that? Mm-hmm. It was, I, I expect better from you. I don't, so it was I a little you, high. I don't, I don't look at my timeline. Like, I look at my mentions and I look at my video tab. That's it. That's really it. It seemed like a big thing in Worcester that day. Well, I don't live in Worcester. Fuck Worcester. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it's not Brockton. <laughs> it's not Brockton. Uh, did he throw a strike? No, <laughs> absolutely. Like he, it got caught. I guess, but is it, very high. Is it on his Twitter? Uh, I don't know if he posted the video. I posted it. Let's see if the Zolak and Bertrand Twitter account. Oh, they they tried to drive people. Oh, where is it? Is this it? Okay. Um, did he do it from the rubber? No, it was like in front. Oh, come on, Zoe. It wasn't his fault. He asked for the rubber. I'll give him his credit. He had a, a live mic before he threw out the pitch? <laughs> oh, he, dude, a little speech. All right, so in front of the rubber. And oh, a little high. A little high. It's hot. It's hot. All right. Uh, I'm going to be on. Can I be real? Yeah. Throwing out the first pitch seems like the easiest thing in the world. Tyler. I'm sorry, dude. Tyler. I don't give a fuck. I, I'm, I'm not a bitch. I'll say Tyler. it. Tyler. How hard is it to just lob it in there? Well, that's the point. You're not supposed to. If you're a baseball guy, you can't lob it in. You got to put some some mustard on it. No one wants to try hard. That's actually trying to airmail. It's just like easy. Like, give me the smooth follow through. No, drop it right dude, in there. No. Almost looks a little bit like a hook. No one wants like the fans want to see the heat. What, what are you, George Bush? Yeah. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You don't have that heat. Uh. I wish, I wish they had the video of my first pitch for the Lowell Spinners in 2008. I went off the bump and I threw like a legit fastball. It was probably, it had to have been in the 80s for sure. Seriously? Yes. Wow. And like strike? Yes. I wasn't because like back then, like it was before social media, like I was just on MySpace. Like I wasn't nervous because I was like, none of these people know who the fuck I am and like no one's ever going to see this. So if you go, I don't have a copy. 
Let me see if I have a picture, though. I know, like, the picture is in my book. But if you... I'm going to pull up this picture right now and show you. Knowing that you were pumping 80 with that frame at the time makes me very fascinated what you could do today. I, like, if you I actually put yourself hard. into it. Yeah, but, but it, like, I could, like, I guess if I actually... I mean, when I was throwing to Alex Bregman, I, like, the pitch that he hit for a home run was 82. All right, it's there. If you had a throwing program... If, but like I'm too bulky now, I'm too bulky to to throw that hard. But yeah, spring, no, yeah, spring of 2019. I, the yeah, okay, here it is. <laughs> I gotta get this out of the light somehow. Yeah, there we go. Let me see. All right, okay, it's clean. You got good mechanics. Yeah, like I was. I threw as hard as I possibly could and it was a strike. And then there's like a picture. I don't know who the prospect was, but he was like, what the fuck was that dude? Like I did not. (laughs) Do you want to play for us? I did not give him the heads up that I was going to throw it as hard as I possibly could. Uh, All I'm saying, and listen, I I'm not important enough to be throwing out first pitches, but I had someone reach out in recent weeks about playing in a men's baseball league. And, you know, I, I pondered it for a second. Is it time for Tyler Milliken to make a comeback? No. Is, is it time for nope. Tyler Milliken to surpass what eighth grade Tyler Milliken was? Um, no. Uh, not, not even a thought. No. Shouldn't even think about it. No. What if this is part of my remake? Like, we've talked about reinventing Tyler Milliken. What if I'm, I'm just supposed to be out there playing some ball? Uh, no. I think, I think we need to remake you first, and then you go play ball. So there's a chance I could be back in the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would tone down some of the nerd comments like, oh, this nerd. I, I, I don't want to I don't want to like just skate past you saying that throwing out the first pitch is the easiest thing. It's I, I, it just I think I would be able to handle it. That's all I'm saying. Maybe you could maybe like maybe like Manny where you just you're just such an airhead that the big moment doesn't get to you. Uh, you insulted me there, but I'll let it slide. Um, no, that's true. I, I, it's a compliment. J- it just keep the arm loose. Like, just keep it loose. Get it in there. Just kind of, like, let it drop in. I'm not nervous for this one. Like, throwing out throwing out the first pitch at Fenway Park, Red Sox, Yankees, Sunday Night Baseball, like, that. There's no higher pressure than that. And I threw a fucking seed right down the plate to my manager, yeah. Alex Cora. I think I'd feel it a little bit, like, obviously, at Fenway Park. That's a big day. That's a big moment. I think down from that, I'd feel pretty, I'd feel pretty loose. But you have to understand, too, in my position... Uh, like you know that there are guys in the Yankee dugout being like, I can't oh, wait for this motherfucker to fuck this Jared. up. And then the idea that that video is gonna hit Twitter instantly, and you're just gonna get torn to shred. Like so many people want me to fail that I would never. Like anytime that I tweeted about baseball or if I like, criticize a pitcher for the rest of my life, that video would have gotten tweeted at me every single time. So I have to be the leader, go out there and throw a fucking seed that's a strike because that's what leaders do. I have to be like, hey, listen, you're not going to talk shit about me because I can go out there and do it. But that's, that, that's, that's why the pressure that was on my shoulders and I still succeeded. I can relate. That's why to like 2008, Jared, we're like, all right, like who, who the fuck am I? Right. Like who's going to give a fuck if Tyler Milliken can't get it to the plate yeah. um, or if he misses left or right for you? Yeah. The video that that would be you wouldn't be able to say anything yeah, for a long time, for a long time. And all I'm saying is like, I'm not going to go out there and 50 sun it or call you Ray no. Jepsen. Like I, I'm going to get that to the plate. Sure. And, and will it be a strike? I don't know. I wouldn't air it out. Cause 
velocity wise, I don't think I ever topped up, topped out above maybe seven. They got to let me throw a little bit. Like if I like that's going to be the difference between if I gun it or if I lob it is do you are you going to let me throw first? Like if I can play catch with someone first, then like if I'm like stretched out, like we've played like catch and then we played some long toss. And I'm like, oh, I feel fucking great. And then I can just get up there and like air one out. Like I'll do it. But if they're just like, hey, we don't have time. And then, then I'll probably just lob it. Okay. So I think we're in a similar spot. Yeah. Like I threw out the first pitch for the spinners, full fastball. Uh, I threw out a first pitch for the North Shore Spirit, aired that one out. Red Sox, Yankees, aired that one out. Uh, Linfield Little League, lob ball. There's certain, like, I, I just feel like it's so aggressive, like, airmailing it out. It, it is a lot. Well, I mean, I think. The, when I throw out the spinners one, it was a minor league prospect. Like he can handle that. Uh, Cora caught the Red Sox one. Um, Jared Saltalamakia is catching my born Braves one. And the Linfield Little League was like a 10 year old girl. I'm like, I'm not going to I'm not going to get up on a on like a, a, a Little League mound from 40 feet away and just gas it to this child. Bitch, you're a bitch. I'm not. Don't disrespect her. I'm not. She's up there on the field. I don't. That would be the most hardo video of all time to get up on a little league mound and just throw it as hard as I can to a child. I would have respected you more. I would have said this guy doesn't give a fuck who's out there. He's bringing the same (laughs) intensity. If it takes her out, it takes her out. Listen, like lives are lost in the process. I know that better than anyone. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you just got to push yourself forward above anything else. I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Bitch. I know. But I, I can tell you what I will do while I'm there. What? Drink a blue moon. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah, Jake, please, please tell the folks at home about blue moon. Beer is a tried and true baseball tradition, but Blue Moon is the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition whether you're at the park or watching from home. I had to have a couple Blue Moons after I heard about Tyler talking about riding a BMX bike because I was just laughing too hard. Just picturing him riding up one of those jumps and flipping around and landing on his head like an idiot. I had a good chuckle about that over a couple Blue Moons. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful, bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly Blue Moon Brewing Company Golden Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that a lot. Um... We got really sidetracked there, huh? That, that was... Well, I mean, I'm just... I, I want to see you throw out a first pitch for someone. And I guarantee you, there is someone working for some baseball team somewhere that is going to DM me and say, hey, let's get this Milliken first pitch thing going. Uh, no. Oh, no, yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. No, 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 no,
I, I oh, have been dealing yeah. with some shoulder, uh, you oh, know, tendonitis yeah. nope, recently. Nope, nope, um, nope, nope. And something. And uh, the I was, rotator, supposed, to, I was supposed to throw out the first pitch again for the spinners in 2019, but that game got rained out. That was my bobblehead night. You can't, you can't not air one out on your own bobblehead night. All right, I qualify that bobblehead night. All right, you, you kind of no, no, do. No, no. we're gonna. Some team is gonna reach out to you or me and say, "Hey, you want Milliken to throw out a first pitch? Let's do it." <laughs> All I'm saying is, I don't care if there's a ten year old behind the plate. I'm airing it out. All right, you're gonna throw it to the backstop. No, I am not gonna throw it to the backstop. Jake, what do you what do you think Tyler's gonna do if he throws out a first pitch? Right to the backstop. Right to the backstop, what? dude. All right, all right. What would Jake do if he had to throw out a first pitch? You'd probably throw it right down the fucking plate. No, he would, yes, Jake. He would. Jake, you would. You would, you? Do you have yeah. ice in your veins like that? Yeah, I'd be able to do it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy this you is... think that he can't. That's that's the crazy part. I'm just saying, I, I have a pretty, I feel pretty confident. I think I have more command versus velocity, but you don't. I can always put the ball where I want. You don't have either. Have you seen my eighth grade highlight tape? That was a long time ago. What has changed? I'm I'm stronger. My calves are more juiced than ever. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I can't throw as hard as I did in 2008 when I, I was in, well, yeah. I was in baseball shape back then. Right. I don't mean to be rude, but you're you're past your prime. I'm in my physical prime. I'm just not. You're in my 34. Pick. Yeah, and I look the best that I've ever looked in my life. I, I am a 25 year old man at peak peak athleticism and conditioning. You look like right shit. Now. I am. I am the. <laughs> I'm the strongest that I've ever been in my life right now. But I'm not the I'm not in the best baseball shape that I've ever been in my life. That's your problem. I've been preparing every single day in case there in case the Red Sox ever needed someone. And Are I'll you gonna be this. a diva and say that you're only gonna throw out a first pitch if it's the Red Sox? Oh no, no, no. I'll throw it out for anyone. For anyone. Um, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, there's definitely uh, like gonna be some like men's league dude that's like, hey, like you can throw out our first the first pitch on our Sunday beer league. I can set the tone for anybody. Um, what I will say, whoever decided to write my, uh, calorie breakdown in the subreddit uncalled for, they did that. I, I need you to pull this up, Jared. Jake, did you see this? When did this happen right now? Uh, two days ago. It is the longest post I think I've ever seen written in the subreddit. It's your, your caloric breakdown. Yes. Do you remember what the title was? Let me see. It's 5,000 calories. It was like something like that. Oh my God. You you guys need to see that this person. I'm scared about how much they know about me. I'm starting to think my mom might have wrote it. Maybe Martha wrote Tyler it. Tyler is the most memeable person in podcast history. <laughs> like this <laughs> fucking like I got to scroll past like 30 goddamn threads about Tyler. Just all kinds of Tyler shit right now. All right. All right. It's the 5000 calories. Are you looking at that one? No, I, I still can't find There's one about Uncle Bucky. R.I.P. <laughs> it's like five down. It's five down. All right. So I went way past it. Uh, right under the spider one. 5,000 calories, question mark. Yep. Now scroll just a second. Okay. It's really not hard to eat 5,000 calories if you eat the stuff that Tyler is saying he does, <laughs> especially at the times he claims. Let's dive in. Tyler, wait. Oh, my God. This is a fucking manifesto. I, can't, <laughs> I told you. I can't read this whole thing, but he said too long. Don't, don't read. Tyler may understand calories very well and could realistically actually consume 5,000 per day. Departing from the joking tone of this post to get serious here for a moment. I think we all hope Tyler makes more sustainable choices moving forward so he can live a long, healthy life, unlike Bullet. (laughs) I'm going to be okay, guys. I'm not dying. I promise. Um, 
Yeah. So like the last paragraph here says, uh oh, we're at five thousand two hundred fifty calories for the day, <laughs> even without accounting for game time. Thank goodness for the pitch clock to limit those opportunities. And we haven't even considered possible extra fries, sauces, sodas, game time snacks, or anything else. The silver lining, we have lots of calories to fuel our legs. I, I don't eat breakfast. I am anti-breakfast. Well, that's dumb. No, because I like to save my calories for the other meals. Okay. Are you a, so, are you a calorie counter? When I was losing weight, yes. I was like extremely calorie counting. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm bulking. You're bulking? Heavy bulk. Heavy bulk diet right now. Okay. You, are you lifting? No. So you're just you're just <laughs> cultivating mass. I'm just building up. Okay, this is the perfect time of the year to do it. Just <laughs> oh yeah, like uh, no worries. I'm excited to hit the beach this week. Yeah. Okay. What do you uh? What what are like when people that go to the Cape? What do you, what do you usually do? It's a lot of beach time, but mm-hmm. this week, like today, honestly, was actually pretty nice. But uh, it's a lot of like. You know, you go play putt putt. You go, you know, to the different spots. We're gonna go to Martha's Vineyard one day. Take oh, the get it, ferry get over it, there. Get it? Yeah, you ever, my girlfriend's name is Martha. Yeah, when you ever go to Martha's Vineyard with your girlfriend Martha, are you ever like, so like, how'd you get this vineyard? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in Martha right now. Oh, so like what Martha's the Vineyard. Fuck? Sorry, sorry, Jesus sorry. Jesus I'm, I'm talking about the island. I'm talking about the island. It's a goddamn kids show. I apologize to the children out there. I, I don't have sex. No. Um, please don't cut that. But I do not want to see that under my tweets. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, um, this is bad. Yeah. Wait, Jake, 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 cut the last Jake, 30 the minutes second. of this out. Cut this out. Please, please. Um, you know, you go down to downtown or downtown Iannis. You do some of the shops, mm-hmm. like all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. But it's like slow living down here. It's just kind of out in the sun and letting it hit you. Okay. Feeling it on your skin a bit. Yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, I don't want to see that. Jake, have you ever been to uh, the Cape? I've been a couple times, but not too much. Ever? Uh, what do you do while you're there? One of my buddies has a house down there, so I've been there like three times and just go to the beach and get ice cream and stuff. Yeah. Booze up. Oh, booze up, bro. Yeah. All right. Don't. Alcohol, don't. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Tyler, were you drunk yesterday when you were texting me? None of that made sense. <laughs> dude, I was plastered <laughs> when I was texting you. I don't know what the hell I was doing. I, I had gone out to dinner. Um, never. You know, by the way, like, never, never text me, dude, dot, dot, dot. I'll never only, do that again. It was five text messages. And only the first no. one went through. Yeah, but like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So this motherfucker texts me, dude, dot, 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 at 7.37, does not respond again until 8.14. You can't fuck, <laughs> you can't do that. It was supposed to be a response. I think you had texted me something. You asked me I a said, question I said, where the fuck whatever. are all the highlight people today? Because no one was yeah. cutting highlights for the Red Sox game. I was like, yeah. I think someone, uh, what happened? Maybe like Duran made a sick catch. I don't know. Someone did something. And I was like, where the fuck are all the highlights? And I knew that you also cared about that. So I was like, where the fuck are all the highlight people today? And then you text me back an hour later, an hour later. So like the, the dude dot, dot, dot in my mind has nothing to do with what I said because it was an hour later. And I just was like, what? <laughs> Listen, I was bulking at the 99 when you had texted me and I was putting it down, putting down a couple of those 32 ounce beers. Say, um, <laughs> this is what you said. I have no idea. <laughs> Down here with shit Wi-Fi and I can barely refresh. Just watching the game with the 99 in a dead zone. Oops, all my texts went through. <laughs> Ducking Cape has Walmart Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's what it that's basically me. Yeah. 
I was battling, but I, I was watching. I was sitting at the 99, feeling it through, watching them get walked off. God. One of my friends fucking not, not Steve Perel, uh, the other Steve, Fenway Steve, he'll do the same thing. He'll text me and just be like, bro. And I'm like, don't do that. You can't, te- you can't text me ominous single word things. Just like say the thing that you need to say. Fucking it drives me nuts. All I'm, you are surprisingly such a good texter and you have like the least like textable profile I've ever seen. What do you mean? Like you're some you're not supposed to be someone who's good at texting. Like you're kind of to yourself. Like, you know, you kind of like to do your own thing. Introverted like that uh-huh. way. And then like you text Jared. Jared will hit you back within five minutes. Ninety nine percent of the time. It depends. Like, it depends. Because like there I'm not always. I'm not always in. Like with you and Jake, yes. But then like a lot of the times it's just like I can't I can't have a conversation. Like Jared knows me so well, and this is funny. There's been things where he's known he's had to remind me because he knows I have like a goldfish brain. He's like, Tyler, go do this or don't forget to do this today. And I'm like, every single time, like, thank you so much. I completely forgot I had to do this today. And you're just you're on top of it. Like I'll read a text from someone, I'll be like, Oh yeah, I'll respond in a minute. An hour later, I have Jared having an absolute panic attack. Yeah. Like, I, so it, I mean, it, it's very funny. Like, if you were to ask 10 people in my life, is Jared a good texter? You will get wildly different answers. Wildly different. I, I don't, I'm awful at texting with just about anyone. I'm a voice memo guy. You've never sent me a voice memo before. Well, yeah, I, I respect you. I, I do it to the other people in my life. But like, like I'll text my like my buddies. They'll send me a text, and like two days later, I'll be like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry, I'm just getting back to you." And I'll talk for like five minutes into a voice memo as I'm driving. Like, oh shit, I've been going for a while, man. Hope everything's good. And then I send it, and then you never get a response back because who's gonna listen to a fucking five minute? No voice chance. Memo? No chance. I'm a dickhead. When you send voice memos that are that long, the first thought that should come to your mind is like, "All right, like I'm two minutes into this thing, I'm just gonna cancel this and call the person. I'm just gonna True. call you." And then if I see a voice memo and it's like three minutes long, like you have to be like staring at your screen and tapping your screen so that the screen doesn't fall asleep because then it starts the voice memo over. Like you can't skip in a voice memo. Yeah. That, that, and if it stops, then it goes all, way, all the way to the, to the beginning. beginning. Big problem. But I don't yeah, know. I, I, guess I'm not I just caring. looked at my text messages with Steve. He texts me. Wow. Exclamation mark. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like you can't text people with anxiety, random shit like that, with no context. I'm just gonna start trolling you from now on. Any middle I'll of the night, you. please. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm weird like that. I need to work on my texting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, sometimes, sometimes I'm a good texter. Like you, you just gotta, you gotta get me at the right time. Yeah, I feel like if you're doing something, then it'll take a minute. Like, you know, sometimes as a good friend, I'm like, hey, good luck. Good luck. I'm like, oh, I know he's in the middle of doing shit right now. Like, I know he's fucking busy. But I would always like, answer you. Of course. I, but I'm more, I think like that. Like, I'm like, oh, good luck with this today or good luck with that. And then someone will text me and I don't respond for like two days because yeah. I'm a piece of shit. My DMs, dude, I'm sorry to anyone who's ever DM me that you know if you have. Uh, it is hit and miss as much as anything in the entire world. Mm. I, that is one of my worst qualities. It is. Can I ask you a question? Sure. You never gave your thoughts on this podcast about the uh, submarine. I know. Why didn't we talk about that? Uh, I, you, Mr. Titanic himself. Mr. Titanic dick. Fuck you. I mean, talking about things that are entertaining. 
Let's talk about Max for a second. Because if you're like me, what you watch depends on what kind of mood you're in. Kind of like when I'm texting. That's why Max is my first pick for winning entertainment. Sometimes I'm craving comedies like Friends or South Park, and sometimes I'm totally into dramas like HBO original Succession and The House of Dragon, House of the Dragon. I also love cooking shows like Chopped and Beat Bobby Flay. And don't get me started with movies like The Lord of the Rings and Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Well, Max is the streaming destination that has the best of entertainment for whatever mood that I'm in anytime. And plans start as little as $9.99 a month. Max, the one to watch. Subscription required. Visit Max.com. Um, yeah, so the uh, people were like, huge miss if they don't talk about the Titanic. Um, we didn't. I So, all right. Here's 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 my whole thought on it. I felt like I was living in uh, an alternate universe because I am such a Titanic weirdo. Um, and before it reminds me almost of like the movie, because when I was I t- I've said this before, when I was in first grade, I got there was a book that I actually stole from my classroom. It was about like the ocean and there was a chapter about like C-Rex and then I found this chapter about the Titanic and I was hooked from reading this book. Had not like the movie wasn't even thought of yet. And my dad would bring me to Barnes and Noble and I would pick out six books and he'd be like, just pick one. And I'm like, I want all six. And then he would buy me all six. And I had like a, I had a library case of Titanic books. Uh, And then the movie came out. And I was like, holy fuck. And then I became obsessed with the movie. I had the movie poster in my room. We talked about the the piggy bank that I had of like the sinking Titanic. I had like a paperweight that was the Titanic, uh, like the steering wheel. Uh, I had Titanic stuff out the ass. I had like a die cast metal Titanic model in my room. Um, so then I didn't know about. Like I know that people go down in the fucking submarines to see the Titanic every now and then, but I didn't. I didn't know about this. Uh, this fucking tin can submersible. Which, by the way, shout out to Pat Light. Now I now I know the difference. Pat Light, because I was I, I said this on Baseball is Dead. I was like, why does Dallas keep calling it a submersible? And I, by the way, Dallas does not know why. He just calls it a submersible. But the reason is a submarine doesn't need a mothership, and a submersible does. I, Fake submarine. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's like a minor league submarine. Um, so then, like, if I were to tell you, like, uh, if before all the submersible drama stuff happens, if you were to open up my YouTube page, like my, my front page or whatever, and like the recommended videos, you would have seen Titanic recommended for you stuff before this happened. Like, I there was <laughs> there was an off night probably like. A month or two ago. I mean, we if you're listening to this podcast, you know that we've talked about the Titanic this season multiple times. And so then to have the Titanic be in the news again was just like bizarre to me, where it was just like, wait a second, like this this happened in 1912, and now we're talking about it like it's fresh news again. Um, but anyways, that guy was a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, what are we Dude. doing here? Jesus Christ. Not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but I mean, what a fucking idiot that guy Bro, was. Bro, he earned that one. Yeah. He, sometimes you deserve it, and he deserved it. He took people with him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I know. I saw a lot of people being like, well, they're billionaires, so they deserve to die. And it's like, well, no, no, but. Bro. Um, 
yeah, I feel like they could have done more due diligence uh, on the matter. And then you see all these other like clout chasers coming forward being like, oh, man, like I could have been on that. Oh, Mr. Beast. Yeah, Mr. I Beast saw- put out, like his text message. I'm like, all right, like way to make it about you, bud. Um, I like Mr. Beast, but actually Mr. Beast fucked me over. Did you know about this? What? Yeah. How? Jake, did you know about this? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Wait, did- he played college baseball. I know that. Does it have to do with nope. something like that? Nope. Uh, I believe the year was 2019. And I was live streaming. I believe Pat Light was in the room. It was me, Pat Light, Hubs, maybe Coley, Marty Mush, like some of those guys. And we were just streaming, like watching a bunch of baseball games. And Mr. Beast was hopping around different live streams. And, you know, he has more money than God. So he was they were doing like a thing where it's like first person to scratch their nose. We're going to like send him like ten thousand dollars or whatever it was. It was like a lot of money. And I went like this. And he didn't consider that scratching my nose because I didn't touch my nose. Like I like went under it. It's the undercarriage of the nose. Yeah. Like I went like this. The balls. I went like this. And they're like, oh, so close. And. I mean, the video has like millions of views like on his YouTube channel, but it's just me, Hubs and fucking Pat Light watching baseball. And he was skipping around random Twitch streams to see like whoever touches their nose first gets $5,000 or whatever amount of money it was. And I like touched underneath my nose and he didn't count it as, as because I didn't touch like my actual nose. So, yeah, Mr. Beast screwed me. Robbed you. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, I want to. All I, I want to. I was thinking, Mr. Beast, ten k touch nose money. Uh, I've seen like I remember him doing those kind of videos too. Probus, Mr. Beast. Let's see if anything comes up. Uh, Video probably has like five to ten million views. Mm. Anything he posts immediately blows up now. Yeah, I mean. He was chilling with Tom Brady on a yacht like a week ago. Was he really? Yeah, him, Pete Davidson. Uh, they were like doing all b- kinds of different shit. Jared Carabas was in Mr. Beast's video. Uh, oh, he. It was $8,000. Right. Yeah, oh, oh my God, dude. If Jared Carabas touched his nose, Mr. Beast would have given him $8,000. And I'm going to DM you the picture. And you tell me if I'm touching my fucking nose or not. For eight grand. What would you have done with the eight grand, Jared? I'll probably bought another necklace <laughs> or something. Look at that. Oh my god. Dude, dude I'm you're touching basically my nose. Picking your, you're picking your nose in this picture. Right? That's absurd. That's crazy. You were fucking robbed. Crazy. Jake, I'm going to show you right now. Oh my god, he zoomed in too. He st- he stood on this one. If I touch my nose, I get eight grand. That's, yeah, that's a touch. Are you fucking kidding me? That's horseshit. Fuck Mr. Beast, I'm sorry. Are you fucking kidding me? That's Dickhead. crazy. Dickhead move. Yeah. And Mr. Beast responded. And he zoomed in. And... <laughs> He claims that I didn't touch my nose. It is pretty cool to say that Mr. Beast like knows who you are, though. His face. No nose scratches. 
He's closed. He's touching the stack. I mean, I. Oh, he's scratching his. He scratched his face. This guy's uh, touching his face. No, no scratches. He's closed. He's touching the stack. I touch. I was doing. I was doing this, and then I definitely. I definitely fucking touched my nose. I was robbed of eight thousand dollars, which is nothing new in my life, apparently. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Well. There was one other thing I kind of wanted to talk about today. Please. Did you see Bloom's comments about acquiring starting pitching? No. So basically he spoke with Maz live and they were, you know, it was following right up after, uh, you know, they knew Hulk was going to be out for some time. And I, I thought his comments kind of told you what this trade deadline is going to be and how they're going to approach it. Uh, and this is how he put it. He's like, you have to constantly be on the lookout to add it and constantly pushing yourself to see if you can get more out of the guys that are in house. Because if you can help someone take that leap to where they really become a viable part of the mix, it just gives you that many more options moving forward. So I, I think that's where you should look at it and say, all right, they're going to just continue to push some of these younger arms and hope they develop into what they need to. Like Cutter Crawford's going to continue to be starting every fifth day. And he was fine today, six innings, four runs, whatever. Um, but I think they're going to keep pushing like Chris Murphy and be like, all right, let, let's see how much of a reliever we can turn him into here in that situation and let the development go. And it, it didn't stop there. He like he kept kind of diving in and he goes, one of the things I've learned in this new calendar with where the draft is now, you see these discussions start to happen now in June. And then for the most part, they go on a little bit of a hiatus around the draft. So I think that's why we've seen a couple trades the last day, like Eduardo Escobar. But I, I don't have high expectations. I think they may buy a little bit, but it'll either be super interchangeable parts that cost nothing or a long term piece. I don't think it's going to be anything else outside of that. I'm prepared to be disappointed. It's going to be buy and sell, but can you do it correctly? And you don't go over the luxury tax this time. I'm prepared to be incredibly disappointed. <laughs> you, do you think like what? There's a pathway to you being happy about it. Such as? If I get you a controllable starter. How are you going to do all this without going over? Like what? What piece? Yeah, make someone money younger. Are you? I mean, you're going to you're still going to have to trade someone that's making decent money. Yeah, so let's say you you take James Paxson out of the mix. Yeah. You get rid of one of the relievers as well. Pick one of your poison, Kenley or Chris Martin. Um, and you factor in Duvall as well. Those are the three pieces heading out. And you package maybe a Nick York, maybe a Sedan Raffaella, if you believe Jaron Duran is the guy. Scott promoted. Yep, up to AAA. Those two and another piece. And you're starting to package. And I'm not saying like this isn't a Dylan Cease package. Dylan Cease would cost more than this, most likely. But you're getting something along the lines of a controllable, decent piece. Maybe someone who's young, who may have a war or two, but you really like the profile. Like a Joe Kelly. Mm. That's just that, that's not going to make me happy. Even if it's someone like, all right, I can see this guy contributing for the next couple of years. And we go and get like a cheap reliever rental. To maybe fill up the gaps as John Schreiber comes back. It depends on who the piece is. Like I, I, I would have to believe in it. I would have to. <clears throat> I would, like there's not a whole lot of cheap, cost controlled, under contract or like uh, under team control for like the next call it three to four years. Like who's that guy? Like everyone's gonna I, say Dylan I, Cease is not, Dylan Cease ain't coming here. No, I'd look more and like maybe it's not a perfect comp, but somewhere like the Cardinals where they have a super crowded outfield, right? And you say, you know what? Like we think Yoshida is going to be our DH of the future. He's going to take Justin Turner's spot in a year. Do we kind of pick something out of there? Is there something there that we like that we can say, all right, you come over here now. We'll work through the warts, you know, 
you haven't been able to either pop at the big league level. Maybe you're going through, gone through your own struggles. Tyler O'Neill, we like you moving forward here. No. Doesn't do much for you. I'm trying to give you something. No. I, I, I have zero expectations for this trade deadline. In terms of like, holy shit, this is exciting. Or, wow, we, yeah, not- we just took a massive leap towards being contenders in the future and the last thing like you kind of said teams they love to hold on to those cheaper controllable pieces that's what's kind of running the game it's going to cost something significant but i do think there is something there with like a nick york and another piece well i told you nick york, even back just, in the top 100 the, the the last uh trade deadline how i was hammering home how teams it's not about wanting to hold on to players because you believe in the player it's because teams are now afraid of losing a trade. Like Joe Ryan. Yeah. Teams don't want to be the team where it's like, I can't fucking believe we gave up Zach Gallen and Sandy Alcantara. Like they, they don't, they don't want to be that. No one wants to be like, wow, what a dumb fucking organization for doing that. That's where I'd be like, can you take advantage of someone like the Reds? And you take advantage of a team like that that has some magic going. Maybe they're like, you know, we can a- we can add James Paxson. Like, get a little more of a veteran here. Won't, like, kill us long term. It's $4 million for this year. We don't have to spend a ton of money. Can you nab a name out of that farm system and be like, they were a little desperate. We caught them at the right time. And now we can add him to this kind of collection we're building here. Because if you can get this farm system, like, I know Fangraphs had it top 10. And they had, like, Yoshida and Casas as part of it. So that alters it. It's an improving farm system. There's good pitching breakouts down in the lower minors. If you can sprinkle in a couple more pieces, then you do have a farm system. I think that at least going into next year, you can be like, all right, we should be moving in the right direction. And we also have one of the better farm systems in baseball. And then what can you do with that with another offseason? You're kicking the can down. Like you're still building towards next year. But I think that lands us in the same spot where how excited does that get you for the next three months of baseball? Not very not very i'm sorry yeah i'm trying i'm trying to i'm trying to like at least have an open mind you know it's it's a it's a hard when you walk that line and buy and sell it is so fucking hard and like that's the game they're gonna have to play here yeah which is why i'm kind of just sitting here being like I, I, i will i'll react to it when it happens i'm not gonna expect anything i'm gonna temper my expectations uh i certainly don't think that i mean i don't know if it's just like the media coverage in years past when I was when I was growing up, when I was your age, there used to be reporters that would put stuff out right now. Like, you know, the buzz, the buzz is that, you know, expect the Red Sox to have a monster trade deadline. Like the Red Sox are going to do the Red Sox are going to make some surprising moves that are going to change the the entire landscape of professional baseball be on the lookout for that. And then if it didn't happen, then it'd be like, ah, fuck. But at least you had something to be excited about. Like right now, we've more or less been trained to not expect anything. Well, this front office doesn't let anything out. That's if you're going to give them any credit, nothing gets out from them. No. At least in terms of player personnel, there's been some other stuff, but, but player personnel wise, we have got nothing. Nothing. You could say that nothing leaks or you could look back and be like, what, what was there to leak? What the fuck did they just out of nowhere drop from the clouds and be like, surprise, yeah. we did this big thing. Kenley, Yoshida. No. I felt like a lot of no, this no, stuff no, no, last no, no, no. offseason. 
Like, oh, we, we did. We we were all sitting there like, holy shit. And then we thought we were like, this is about to be a monster payoff. Like you're going to get Xander Bogarts. You're going to get all this no, different stuff. No, no, no. I think Yoshida. I, th- I think when when they signed Trevor Story and I like Trevor Story a lot. I'm glad that he's on this team. But when they signed Trevor Story. That should have been more like a complimentary like that. Like the 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 Trevor Story player profile is like back in the day would have been like a complimentary piece. It would have been like. All right, like that's fucking great. Like he's gonna help us a lot, but it wasn't like a boom, Trevor Story. Like it wasn't like that. Like it, it didn't. What, it wasn't what are you? What's boom to you? Or are you like Adrian Gonzalez, Carl when, Crawford? When they traded for Chris Sale, that was like holy fuck. When they saw, like, when they signed David Price, that was like holy shit. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I think when you look at some of those signings, though, it's like. They're going to be very like Chris Sale's different, right? Like that's trading for a pitcher where you're like, we're about to take that leap. Yeah, like, this is we're about freaking trading you know, for Craig a- Kimbrell. It was like, what? Like, yeah, and I'm not trying to pump Dave Dombrowski. I know like I'm, I'm mentioning a lot of Dave Dombrowski stuff here, uh, but those were the type of moves that everyone stopped what they were doing. They were like, holy fuck, like, it, let's go. Like, this is this is like a big move. Like, I wouldn't put story in that category again. I, I I like the player a lot, but it wasn't like a holy fuck, like, let's go. Like, it wasn't like that. And I think some people reacted to it because it had been so long since we had something like that to react to. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't have like something big happen. I'd put Trevor Story pretty high. I wouldn't put him at David Price. Like, you're handing out the biggest pitching contract ever. At no, the time. And like, it w- that it was crazy. Sale, like, maybe Craig like- Kimbrell. I'd maybe put it no, on that kind of no, tier where Kimbrell, you're getting a very good player. Kimbrell at the time, it was like, this dude is one of the best closers in baseball. Yeah, Trevor Story, like before a down year, he was one of the better yeah, shortstops in baseball. It wasn't like Carlos Correa. And no, Francisco but it's a closer. And... We're talking about a closer. We're not talking about an everyday player. Like I know, it's but a closer. I'm talking about like, it... what tier of shortstop was Trevor Story in. And you have to remember, they signed him to be a second baseman. So it's like, you, you can't say, oh, he's in, the, he's in the elite tier of shortstops if you sign him to play second base. No, but you were signing him to play second base because you already had a shortstop that was amongst some of the best right. uh, in baseball at that time. But I, I think you kind of have the conversation like closers carry hype. Are you going to get that top of the top level hype signing? It's going to take a long term commitment, you know what, right? You like, know what and this I think feels like. Go ahead. This feels like. Christmas. As you get older. It's like. It's like, oh, Christmas, like, and then you remember how exciting it was to wake up on Christmas morning and have all these like big boxes and like awesome presents and gifts to open and just like the joy of like, I don't even know what I'm going to get, but I know I'm going to get something fucking awesome, a bunch of stuff that's awesome. And then you get older and the boxes get smaller and fewer, and then it becomes about everyone else. It's not about you anymore. So that's what it kind of feels like is Christmas is coming. And it's not about me anymore. Like, I, I, I'm not I know that there's not going to be a big box under the tree. And I know that, like, uh, Santa is not going all out for me anymore. Like, that's a That's like that's a that's a thing of the past. That's when I was a little kid. Like, I used to have big, exciting Christmases. And now I'm a big boy and big boys don't get lots of presents like that. That's what the trade I think you get a, feels like to me. And that's what free agency feels like to me. I think you get a lot more of the middle tier. And I think that's where you go back to their philosophies. They're not interested in the big fish. They're more interested in spreading the money. They want they want more, you know, medium sized things. And they want the heavy David Price contract that, you know, ends up costing you one of the reasons you have to trade Mookie. Back. I mean, you saw Coley's tweet the other day about Ellie De La Cruz 
and it's he he his point was everyone wants to attribute the popularity and success of like the viewership and attendance of major league baseball to shortening the games like now they're more consumable so that's why everyone's coming back and coley's point was it's because there's way more talented and cool and exciting players in the game than maybe ever and then you look around you're like well how many of those players are on the red sox and I think that's where they tell you, like, you had to wait for Ellie De La Croix. You're going to have to wait for Marcel Meyer. Like, you're going to have to wait for your top 10 prospect in all of baseball is to show up. Is he in the same tier as Ellie De La Cruz? I don't think any. I think there's he's the only one in that tier mm. of that kind of freak athleticism. But you're talking a top 10 prospect in baseball. That's Marcel Meyer. Like, if Marcel Meyer's Corey Seager, what does that do for you? He's not going to be as running exciting as Ellie De La, is La Cruz is in people. 15 homers in what 50 in 54 games 55 games for him right now yeah. like, like that's kind of what you look at here like let's look up how many homers marcel myers at who he's been showing a lot more power uh overall this year i think compared to a year ago <laughs> but that's the stuff you cling on like is he the all-rounded tool version of ellie de la cruz no but does he also have the potential to be Corey seager yeah yeah he's got his own skill set that's exciting it's just a different profile yeah you look at homers this year he's up to 12 and 56 games okay so like what? That's thirty six over one sixty two. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you buy on. It's just I have a hard time. But that's also it, part of it is years away. Yeah, it is. Like, congrats, Ellie De La Cruz is one of the few guys who've come up and it immediately pops. Not everyone is that. No, and that's where you got to look at the Red Sox and say, how patient are you willing to be here? Yeah, just like Tristan Casas. Tristan Casas is going to be one of the better hitters, like you know, for the Red Sox for years to come. Doesn't always happen right away. You got to be patient with it. I just I have a hard time believing like Devers got that huge three hundred million dollar contract like that's where that contract went. Are they going to be handing out a couple of those like the Padres? No, and there's a reason. Look at everyone knows where the Padres are going. Yeah, they're going in the wrong direction. Like that's the reality of it. I think more likely it's going to be like the Mets or not like the Mets, like the Braves, where you you spread the money out. You try to take care of guys early, but you're not going to have a bunch of guys absolutely holding the roster down. You got to also hit on those too, like. Acuna yeah. fucking grand slam <laughs> like Ozzy Albies like yes Matt Olson yes Austin Riley not hasn't worked out to, to what they would hope so yet but like he it's 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 been there it's not like a it's not like a guy was in the big leagues for two weeks and then you gave him that deal like he, he's been really good overall um but with the Red Sox it's like Bayo get it done you know like I feel like that's that's kind of that's got to be something that they explore. Like, have you have you seen enough where it's not a knee jerk reaction to give Brian Bayo uh, a nice eight year deal? So it's like, all right, we buy up all the arbitration years and what two years of free agency? Yeah, the, those are the kind of deals. Like, you got one done with Whitlock. It's like, how many can you hand out over the next couple of years? If Casas hits the rest of the year like this, like he's been hitting, that's a conversation I'm having. It's like, yeah, if you can post somewhere in the middle of an 800 OPS for, you know, an entire summer, yeah. then yeah, let's let's talk a contract. Let's see what we can do here. Yeah. And that's the other thing that, that I think you have to consider if you're a fan of the Red Sox is that, like, yeah, if you give Bayo an eight year deal right now, that buys up uh, three years of free agency, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. So, yeah, I just. I feel like if you're 
there's moments like those David Price contracts and those Chris Sale trades. We've been waiting for the Chris Sale trade for this organization, for this farm system for some time. When are you going to cash some of those assets in for a legit piece? We're waiting on that. That needs to come. I think if you're looking for a David Price contract, there's not going to be many of those. No, nor should they. Any team is hanging out at this point. No, nor should they be. I don't think that, uh, like, I, again, I'm not advocating for the Red Sox to adopt the Dave Dombrowski approach where it's just, hey, trade all of our top prospects for one guy. And I mean, it worked out. It worked out. But then at what cost? You ask the question, at what cost? Uh, you you trade these guys for Craig Kimbrell, and it, I guess it worked out. I mean, he, he wasn't a huge part of the 18 piece, but was outstanding in 17. <clears throat> um. You gave David Price all that money. They don't win that championship without David Price. So sometimes it works out. But then you look around the league and it's like, well, the Mets, the Padres, uh, the Phillies, which, again, Dave Dombrowski run team. So, again, not to go, you know, slob Dombrowski too much here. But it's, yeah. All I'm trying to say is that uh, I miss I miss Christmas morning as a kid. I miss Christmas morning as a kid. I miss that Ken Rosenthal, Jeff Passan breaking in all caps seeing the boston red sox have acquired have signed have agreed to terms with uh i mean don't get me wrong that devers extension tweet that like that, that you have hard. to give that as one yes it's a 300 million dollar contract you have to give it up for that yes and i don't want to get greedy here i am very thankful for that even though the first year has been bad uh i am not worried about rafael devers i'm just talking about you know Rafael Devers was already here and he needs to be here moving forward if you're going to contend for a championship. Yes, but it needed to be Rafael Devers. And then what? You're looking for you need to go pay an ace. Go get me that number one guy I can sit at the top of my rotation. Mm -hmm. Now, are you going to pay him or are you going to go somehow put a deal together where you can make that happen? I don't know if you can put that trade together at the moment, but you'll have a chance to pay someone this offseason. You need to do it. Is it weird if I say that I would rather have teasing rumblings that let me down than no rumblings and then nothing happening. No, I, I would take some teasing. It would be nice to feel like you're like in the middle, but then the fallout of it would probably be horrendous. Yeah. And you'll get the whole, oh, interest kings, yada, yada, yada. Look at them. They never actually got the deal done. Mm. I'm not but it's a- shit during the trade deadline. No, I, I, I would like my biggest kind of complaint at times I'm waiting to see some of the high bloom creativity with a trade. Bring a trade where I'm like, oh, wow, like that. That's an interesting fucking trade that he pieced together there. Like, give me something a little wild, a little wacky that no one could kind of see where you're like, oh, this is a move that really helps them moving forward. It makes some sense now. Like, that's some of the high bloom creativity that we were looking for when you initially joined. This what if that's office. Verdugo? Depends on what's coming back. Uh, I, I would prefer to extend Verdugo, but if that's the kind of piece you have to give up and you're like, well, we're going to open up time for Duran and this is the way we had to use a chip like that, but it's going to cost something to get something. And like, I'm okay doing something like that, but it opens another legit hole for you moving forward. Because mm. I no I had no disrespect to Sadan Raffaella. I have concerns about the bat at the big league level. Um, it's nice that he got promoted today. A lot of the chase rate stuff, all that is still a problem. And the reality is he didn't really take to the changes. He's just gone back to being him because that's what's working. 
Jake, what are your expectations for the trade deadline? By the way, what's the what's the date? They always fucking move it around. Is it August 2nd? <laughs> Is it? MLB trade deadline 2023, August 1st. August 1st. But Get, we've already seen some teams make some moves. Give me that creative move, this deadline that surprises some people and say, oh, all right, the Red Sox have picked a direction and they're fucking running down towards it at this point. Jake? Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if they could do something creative like that, but like Jared said earlier, I don't think there's anything they can really do that's going to make me be like, holy shit, let's go. Mm. Um, so, I mean, they're just playing 500 balls, so I don't think they're going to be like swinging huge in either direction. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see. I just want to feel something. Is that is that so much to ask? I want something long term. That that's my state on the deadline. Get me something long term. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like when when they went out and got Alan Craig. That was just do it the right way. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. Who was that? Was John Lackey, right? I broke that trade. Yeah. Oh. Well, I remember I was actually down the Cape when this happened and I was sitting in the car with my dad driving home from the Cape. Yeah, that's why I hate breaking news is because uh, I, I broke the John Lackey trade and everyone's like, who the fuck are you? Who the fucking what do you think? It, it like those deals are hard, but if the Red Sox and that's the hard thing, you can't how much money can you take on here? And that's where the limitations are because they're not going over the luxury tax again. You can do some things when you're willing to take money on. I'm going to try and find that tweet. What was that, 2014? Yeah. And it's not only taking money on, but it's not ruining, you know, you don't want to push Alex Cora over the the ledge here. But if it makes you better, then maybe you do consider it. Long term. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. If you you, you search my name. If you search my name in Source, you, you there's some stuff in here. July 29, you, 2015. Source. Jackie Bradley Jr. was the Angels' first choice, but the Red Sox wouldn't do it. Settled on Shane Victorino. How the fuck did I know that? <laughs> you don't remember? No. On the scale of 1 to 10, what would you have rated the Trevor Story signing? Like, in terms of hype? Um, <clears throat> Like a 6.8. What would you rate the sale trade? 10? Yeah, like a 9.8, yeah. What would you put Kimbrel? Uh, like an 8.7. See, and I, I'd put story like 7.75 to 8. No. Because I felt like that was a move people at the time were like, all right, the Red Sox are going in and they're pushing to try after 2021. That deal to me always felt like we need to do something. Like we can't just do nothing. And he's he's just out there. Might as well. I, I don't know. I, I didn't look down at Trevor. I, I, I thought I looked at Trevor's story as like this is a guy who's like a 2020 guy with like really good defense that can kind of give you the all around oh, element. I found it to a team. July 30th, 2014 spoke to a source within the Red Sox. Quote, Lackey is gone. He asked to be traded. There it is. And then I remember people like some of the replies 
are just fucking who the fuck do you think who the fuck are you dude look at it now <laughs> i mean they're right like i if i if back in 2014 i would have been like seriously who the fuck is this kid well anyways john lackey got traded i don't know if you know that breaking yeah breaking news how old were you in 2014? 16? Yeah, 16. Mm. Crazy. <clears throat> you want to look ahead? Let's do it. Yeah. You got you to gotta go to the beach or whatever the fuck you guys are doing. Facts. Yeah. What are you doing tonight? Oh, uh, we're going out to dinner after this. Oh, okay. All right. I'm about to go drown myself in food. Oh, boy. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N dot com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, Red Sox versus the Miami Marlins at Fenway Park. It's going to be Garrett Whitlock versus Sandy Alcantara. Maybe Chris Murphy. Did Chris Murphy get named officially? Uh, they're going opener on Wednesday. That's all. Bullpen game. They framed it. Is Chris Murphy going to be the guy? Or Thursday, excuse me. I'm assuming he'll be the bulk guy. Okay. So we'll just let's just go with Chris Murphy. Uh, Braxton Garrett. Brian Bayo versus Jesus Lazardo. Lazardo. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, 2-6 and six with a 508 ERA, a 125 whip, and a 7.3 strikeouts per nine. He is a mess. His ERA has more than doubled from its 228 last year. The FIP isn't as bad as his ERA, but 376 is still a big jump from 299 last year. Uh, his BABIP is 295, so not getting super unlucky, but his career average is 273, so much worse than he's used to. Uh, he's also walking people a good amount this year, 2.7 walks per nine versus two last year. He has 50 walks. He had 50 walks in 2022, and he has 29 already this year. Uh, has nine games with multiple walks and six games with three plus walks. Uh, he's allowing 8.6 hits per nine, which is the worst of his career since his rookie season in 2017. And four starts in June, he's allowed exactly five earned runs in three of them. <clears throat> his June stats, 547 ERA, a 346 FIP, 282 batting average against, and a 729 OPS. Uh, he's still a horse, though. Uh, only failed to complete five innings once this year and has pitched into the seventh and seven of his 15 starts. Uh, the biggest difference for him this year has been the effectiveness of his changeup. Um, in 2022, opponents hit 145 against it. This year, 322. He's lost a small amount of the fastball velocity, but only 0.4, so not that big of a difference. 
uh, still has not allowed a home run on his changeup since 2021. <laughs> That's crazy. The Marlins are six and nine when he starts. The Red Sox hitters are 179 with a 544 OPS against them. Uh, Turner two for nine with a double and a homer, and he's going up against Garrett Whitlock four and two with a four and a half ERA, 122 WHIP, and a 7.6 strikeouts per nine. Not his best outing last time versus the White Sox, but he did complete seven innings and back-to-back starts, which is a great sign. He also threw 92 and 88 pitches in those games, uh, meaning he's being efficient. Since his return from injury, five starts, 30 innings, a 360 ERA, and a 310 FIP. Uh, Changeup has been very good in his last three starts. He's gotten a 53.8%, 39.1%, and 45.5% whiffs on his changeup. Hitters are six for 25, but one is a home run. The Red Sox are five and three when he starts and four and one since his return from injury. Marlins hitters four for 11. Uh, Guriel is 0 for five. Then we go to Braxton Garrett versus Chris Murphy. Braxton Garrett, three and two, a 354 ERA, a 115 whip, 10.6 strikeouts per nine. Had a, a bit of a breakout last year, but only through 88 innings. Uh, he has continued this year with an excellent 311 FIP, the 10.6 strikeouts per nine. Very good. He does not walk people. 96th percentile in walk rate. Only has two games all year with multiple walks out of uh, 15 total starts. He has four games with zero walks. He's had an insane June. Four starts. He's 4-0, 231 ERA, a 113 FIP. Not a fluke at all. Uh, the lefty does not throw very hard. His main fastball uh, sinker averages 89.9 miles per hour. Number two pitch is the slider, 28% usage, 196 batting average against. The whiff number is crazy. It's 45%. <laughs> he throws a curveball 10% of the time, and if he does, bang it. 467 batting average, 800 slug. Just a 10% whiff rate on the curveball. The Marlins are 11-4 and when he starts and have won five straight and seven of eight. Uh, Red Sox hitters 0 for 3, Duvall 0 for 2, 0 for 2, and Turner 0 for 1. Um, so, all right, whatever. He's going up against an opener, so then we can just skip right on down to Jesus Lazardo. 6 and 5, a 377 ERA, a 119 whip, 10.2 strikeouts per nine. Uh, this is another Marlin lefty who's having a good year. Lazardo with a 344 FIP to match his solid ERA. Uh, has limited his walks this year, which had always been an issue for him. Career average is 3.2, and this year he's down to 2.3. Allowed 10 home runs in 103rd innings last year, and has allowed 11 in 90.2 innings this year. Very different pitcher from Garrett, though. Uh, he throws hard. 96.8 would be the average uh, from the left side. Started throwing his fastball dramatically more this year. Uh, 43.5% usage this year compared to 29.2% last year. His slider, that's the bread and butter pitch. 230 batting average against, 440 slug. 50.5% uh, whiff rate on the slider. Uh, batters can do damage when they get a hold of it, but only 50% of swings result in contact. Uh, coming off one of uh, his best performances of the year, seven innings, two hits, zero earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. The Marlins are 10 and 6 when he pitches. They have uh, alternated wins and losses for his last eight starts. Unfortunately, they lost the last one, so they're due for a dub. The Red Sox are 5 for 20 with a 598 OPS. Um, Trevor Story is 3 for 4, so that makes the rest of the team 2 for 16. 
He is going up against our king, Brian Bayo. <clears throat> Brian Bayo is now five and four with a 327 ERA, a 127 whip, and an 8.5 strikeouts per nine. His FIP doesn't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it doesn't make sense, but it does, it kind of like makes you feel incomplete. It's like you want to enjoy the 327 ERA, you want to enjoy the 8.5 strikeouts per nine, but then you see the FIP and you're like, well, this, eh, eh. I think. The th- you look at like the last 10 starts. The FIPS more in the three fives. The ERA is more in the two fives. Mm-hmm. I think there's some truth to it where, yeah, it's cutting down on, you know, some of the walks and different stuff like that. But the reality is it's partially high because of the homers he was given up to start the year. Hasn't given up a homer in his last five starts. So after his last start, his FIP is below four now. It's at three, eight, six. So that's a lot closer to what, what the ERA is now. After allowing a home run in his first five starts of the season, he's only allowed two in the seven starts since then. Both were solo home runs and in the same game. That was the May 23rd start against was it the Yankees. It must have been, right? Yes. Uh, he has not allowed a home run in his last five starts. Let's knock on wood about that. Um, are we concerned maybe a little bit about the fatigue, which is a point that Tyler brought up earlier? He averaged only 94 miles an hour with his sinker in his last start, which was the lowest of his career. Uh, in fact, he set a new career low on sinker velocity in three consecutive starts. So that, you know, could point to some it, fatigue. And the other thing, that's why he's getting an extra rest and starting on what is it Thursday? Yeah. And that's why Wednesday they're going with the opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Sox are eight and four when he starts and they've won three straight. Marlins hitters one for two with a walk. And that is obviously Luis Arias. Okay. <clears throat> so again, that is Garrett Whitlock versus Sandy Alcantara. Uh, opener versus Braxton Garrett. Brian Bayo versus Jesus, Jesus Lazardo in a three-game series at Fenway. Um, Tyler, I'm going to let you go first. <clears throat> yeah, I don't love this matchup for them. I, I think the Marlins are a lot better than people realize. They're 11 games over uh, 500 currently, 7-3 and three in their last 10 and they pitch really well. And I'm scared where this lineup's up or at. Verdugo's coming back, you know, on Tuesday, but he kind of didn't play for a weekend. So is it going to take him to kind of get back to where he was, where, what, it was a 12-game hitting streak or whatever it may be? I feel like this could be a tough series for the Red Sox. I'm hopefully going to jinx them in the other direction, but I'm going to go one out of three for the Sox. Mm. Mm. And I'm terrified of Luis Arise. Uh, terrified. Out of my mind. I fear that man. I agree. But the one win will be Bayo. And just for context, on Wednesday, Cora said that they're considering Pavetta and Wink as well, depending on what they have to use on Tuesday. Mm. Uh, Jake? I'm going sweet, but they're one bad series away from Losing. getting hit with the reverse. Okay. Okay. I think I'm going to be joining Tyler. One out of three? I think they go one out of three here. Um, I think they win the first game. Whitlock day. Yeah, I think they win the first game and then drop the next two. Then it's Toronto after that, right? Mm -hmm. Scary times. (laughs) Yep. Friday, the Jays come to town. Watch them take care of business in that series, too. I could see a disappointing Marlins series, and then they show up against the Blue Jays for some fucking reason. I mean, they swept them in four games this year. 
Yeah, exactly. Like you show up, but like that kind of just up and down. It's like, oh, here, here you go. You know, a series against the Marlins. Good team. Some people think the record's a little faulty. Sure. Um, but, you know, they kind of get beat up by them and the White Sox. And then you go ALE opponent. You beat the fuck out of them again. Yeah. Um, all right. That's it from us. Tyler, enjoy your dinner. I'll be very fucked up in 15 minutes. I'm, I'm happy for you. <clears throat> you enjoy that. Uh, everyone listening, enjoy your day off. On Monday, God knows we've all earned it and deserved it. Again, if you're out there watching some Cape League baseball, I'll be at the Bourne Braves game Monday night, throwing up the first pitch to Jared Southall Machia, filming a little Nesson sesh. And uh, then it's on to the Miami Marlins. So we uh, will see you on Thursday. For me, next time you see me, I'll be in fucking Chicago <clears throat> on Thursday night. Um, I'll be in Chicago. I, one thing, Jared. Yeah. About your uh my mom was watching the Red Sox with me today mm-hmm. and she said she really enjoys your commercials. I don't know what that means, but she she made that clear to me. Oh yeah, I do have a new commercial on Nesson. And Dude, um, you're like to a break sometimes right now. I'm what? Oh There's yeah. There's two yeah, commercials yeah. of you a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting sick of me. Yeah. That like I so I had like a family party. Uh, yesterday, all they could talk about was, well, I'd like to win a game watch with Jack Robbins. <laughs> I would like to do that. How do we win? Oh, you should enter. Yeah, you should enter. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if you won and, and you got to go watch a game with Jared? <laughs> That's what my mom sounds like. All honestly. day. All day. <clears throat> they, uh, yeah, that was, that was the talk of the family party was, um, Winning a game, uh, winning uh, to go watch a game with me via Nesson and, and Blue Moon. Um, and then, yeah, they just, we just, we shot that commercial. I forget when we shot that. I don't know. It's probably like three weeks Ready? ago at this point. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like we, we shot that. <laughs> and it's like, I was like, can we at least wait until like we're hot? Like to be like, you know, have you fucking seen this? <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're game over 500 right now. Yeah, here it is. It's when did history dictate the future? When did history dictate the future, man? We'll tell you a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, we've heard it all before. But have you seen this? You have got to be kidding. Get the lights going. This is a new vibe. This is banana. Stream anywhere, anytime. Any fucking time. American League, Sea War. Aren't you just a little bit curious? Not really. Uh, um, not really. So, <clears throat> I actually am curious about this e- series against the Marlins. Matty Backpacks is going to be back. Oh, God. I can't wait. Oh, I can tell you right now. Expect the Heim Bloom slander column coming. Not because of Matt Barnes, but it'll be someone looking for an angle off the Matt Barnes. Maybe. I'm excited to see Matty Backpacks come back. Um, Luis Arias at Fenway Park. That's exciting. The Marlins are a good team. So to the question, aren't you a little bit curious? The answer to me. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I'm a little bit curious. I'm a little bit curious. So, all right, Jake, Jake's takes. I just went on the record that I was sent a graphic that I could have posted about Tyler that I held back on because um, it would have been horrific look for him. So just uh, Tyler, don't. Don't say I never did anything for you. What was it? 
it had to do with him eating Wendy's as his leg routine. Do I know who made this? Yeah. Fuck you, Corey. What happened to Bullet? Secondly. Um, he died. <laughs> yeah, he did. I just want to shout out the person who made, uh, who shot me a DM on Instagram. Let me see if I can uh, pull it up right here. I sent it to Jared. I need to send it to you, Jake. Um, I was going to post it. I just was trying to figure out how I wanted to go about it. Uh, what was his name? Hold on. We stall here, but it was basically we mentioned last episode we were going to do or someone should do like an EDM remix. Oh, yeah. The positivity horn with I all that. It. Do you, do you want to play it one time? Yeah, I'll play it one time. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, why not? It, it is pretty fire. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> Shout out Logan Ferguson. Yeah. There. Buenas noches, amigos. 